assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. This week on After the Bell, the Royal Rumble is in the books and we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. We break down the Rumble and the fallout from Raw. Plus, the winner of the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match, Edge, is here on the show. We're going to debut in or out. Question oh, of the yeah. Week. Oh, yeah. Vic Joseph's back again. ATB starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and yet again, despite my Guess best efforts, back. he's back. back. Again. Ribbed for your pleasure. He's back. The voice of NXT, Vic Joseph. Well, I will actually take that introduction. I gave yeah, you a nickname. A- it was better than just the guy in the middle on Wednesdays. So I've had uh, the guy in the middle on Wednesdays, the wheel man. First mate was last week, I think. And now oh. I'm what? Ribbed for your pleasure. Not your pleasure, so someone's of- pleasure. May- somebody, somebody is going to get enjoyment out of you being here. Come on. You look in the mirror every morning when we do this show and you go, God, he's here. Vic, no. I'm excited. I wake up every morning and look in the mirror and say, at least I'm not Vic Joseph. That is false. Maybe not, you say, at least I'm not, not Byron Saxon. I, I woke up in a, in a hell of a mood today. Uh, good or bad? Ha- not good. Not for the best. Uh, I experienced some travel snafus for the first time in damn near a year. Since the pandemic has begun, that's the one bright spot. While I've had to travel, it's been relatively easy. The flights aren't too full. Plenty of options. Uh, however, yesterday, the Northeast suffered a blizzard basically. And I I had to, had to make some arrangements. I still made it home a few hours later than I was scheduled to. So not a big deal, but it was uh, a a reminder of just how much of a pain in the ass traveling for a living can be. Well, I feel your pain. It's 70 and sunny. No, you don't. Yeah. You, you sat in Orlando and you were, you didn't have to leave your home. It's rough. It looks sun shining. Yeah. It's it's horrible. I'm so sorry. I feel your pain though. No, you don't. You're, you're patronizing me and I don't appreciate it. Well, Shannon said I was ribbed for people's pleasure. Well, I woke up in a bad mood, but the interview that we just finished up with it is coming the listener's way. WWE Hall of Famer, the winner of the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match, Edge. It was awesome. I can't wait for the world to hear it. Super excited. I mean, Edge was, um, you know, one of my favorite superstars growing up, someone who I followed in uh, my career as a fan, one of the guys that has given me advice as I've gone through the WWE. So very excited um, to do this interview. And it was awesome. A lot of great info, a lot of cool stories as well. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. It's crazy, man. We talk about how fast the last year has gone. We are back on the road to WrestleMania again. Two nights, Raymond James Stadium. I am stoked. I am absolutely, I am very, very excited. Probably because WrestleMania last year just was off. I mean, circumstances being what they were, it didn't feel like WrestleMania. It was cool, but it didn't have that vibe, but I already kind of feel the energy. Tampa's already rocking because the, uh, the big football game is taking place this Sunday. I need to ask you, Vic, because I know how melancholy you've been Ugh. since your Browns were dispatched from the NFL playoffs. <sighs> Who's your pick? Who leaves Tampa victorious? After the big game. 
So the big game, um, I will go Kansas City Chiefs just because I can say that the Browns pushed the Super Bowl champions to the limit in the playoffs. Uh, It was different for me this year with a football team that was actually coherent on the field and actually gave me something to cheer about all season long. Uh, What I am looking forward to the most, though, is the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I I don't really know much about the weekend. My brother though is in charge of the Super Bowl halftime show this year. So I'm hoping to get some cool pictures and, um, maybe even go to a couple of events, but that's something I'm very interested in to see how my brother puts together this halftime show in the world that we live in right now. So I will go chiefs though. If for some reason the internet doesn't like it, you better uh, put your brother in protective hiding now that you've outed his, his role in the world. So if this isn't a great halftime show, uh, this could have some real consequences. For, I'll for be leading the charge. I've always Good. lived in the shadows of my older brother. I'm going to lead the charge for this. Good. And not to be contrarian, and I know I am an overt Pittsburgh Steelers fan. We talk about it all the time, ad nauseum. However, for many moons now, since I was a child, I have had a secondary team that I root for. Okay. And that I don't think that's proper. Happens to be, yeah, this is the creamsicle jersey. This is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Vic, because when I was a child, my dad traveled about once a month to the Tampa Bay area for work. And he used to bring me back all sorts of memorabilia gifts from the Buccaneers back when they were the worst team in football. Hold that back up. Hold that back up, please. I want to make sure there's not like a tag on it that you just bought this to pander to those Buccaneer fans. It is customized. It is customized with the graves. It's actually causing a bit of strife within my personal household, because as you know, Tom Brady, uh, former New England Patriot, someone that's very close to me is a diehard Patriots fan and uh, has sworn off Tom Brady. So uh, I'm I'm really personal. I'm I'm flying solo here. Maybe I'll maybe I'll head down and watch it with Big E. I don't know how I feel about you having two favorite football teams. I don't have two favorite football teams. I have a one and a one A. It doesn't that. It doesn't it's seem like, very it's, proper it's, it's to me. Totally it's Browns fine. or nothing. No, no. When you live in Pittsburgh and you you should you should look into this as a Cleveland guy. The Pirates have been so bad for so long that I'm also a Yankees fan. I've been a Yankees fan before I even moved to to you know the, a Yankees market in in Connecticut. So you you just you have to hmm. figure things out. Otherwise, I would just stop watching sports. I want to shelve this argument. So whoever has to write this down, a thing that a lot of people don't know about Corey Graves is before every baseball season, he also gravitates to a team that's supposed to be really bad and they end up being really good. So that's the tease. We'll get to it in three months if I'm still here next week and moving forward. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, I do do that. And I've had a great success rate. I think I'm responsible for the last time the Red Sox won the World Series. Uh, Padres success as well. Yeah, 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 I called that. I called that out. We got to save it. Save it. We'll have an answer this coming Sunday about the football games. I can't wait for the baseball games. But Vic, let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about this week, what everyone's buzzing about. The 2021 Royal Rumble event is in the books. How much did you love it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Royal Rumble. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, When it comes to the event as a whole, and we've said it, and you're going to continue to hear everyone say it, the road to WrestleMania, it's a new feel. It's like uh, with everything we've gone through in the last year, man, I mean, this is really the kickoff to Raymond James Stadium, as you already mentioned. Uh, I I loved the entire night. I thought it all, it had a nice build throughout the entire thing. Edge winning is great because now you have this, smorgasbord and plethora of new matches and new stories that can be told. And we, we dive into that with them, which was great. And for Bianca Belair, speaking for myself, 
The first time I ever worked with Bianca Belair was on a PC live show. And what people probably don't even know what that is, and Corey, you might remember from NXT, shows are just for the locker room, the talent that is trying to learn, that's trying to get their feet wet to do a live match in front of an audience. That's the first time I ever saw her compete against somebody. So to see her go from PC live to NXT, to Raw SmackDown, to Royal Rumble, to now going to WrestleMania is really cool for me to, to witness. So hats off to everyone involved. It was a great night and we are on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, I was actually a little bummed that I didn't get to call the women's Royal Rumble match, but I was out there. I was out at the kickoff desk where if you watch the kickoff show, I was right there ringside and got to watch the last few minutes, uh, you know, in person from ringside. And man, it, it, it was striking to me how there was a tangible emotion inside the Thunderdome, even without fans. The fans were there visually and the, and the audio obviously was cranked, but there were people standing around the crew, the cameramen, everybody just looking up at Bianca and the, and the emotion on her face was genuine. I mean, you could see it. I was, you know, 10 feet away from her and, and the tears rolling down her cheeks as she looked at the WrestleMania sign. It was, it, you, you could tell what she was feeling. And I think a lot of people felt it. I hope it translated through a TV screen, the way it felt inside that environment, which, you know, is hit or miss sometimes. I think one word that describes the Royal Rumble this past Sunday was passion. You think about when Edge won, you know, the men's Royal Rumble, the emotion that he showed, the passion that he showed, Bianca's passion that night, the last man standing match, the passion, those two and Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens that they had. It was a very energetic night. And I didn't think about it the way you just described it, the way the Thunderdome felt with virtual fans with the energy that was inside. It right. just, that tells me how important that night was and how cool it really was for us that are, you know, behind the scenes, quote unquote. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've learned over the years of doing commentary to, to not try to build anybody up too much if I don't genuinely believe it. And when Bianca got drafted to SmackDown, I said something to the effect of, I guarantee you within a year, she's going to be women's champion. I believe she has got that much talent, that much charisma, and she's going to continue to improve in the ring. And I think once she's already started, she's got, she's 85% of the way there. If she, if she, takes that last step and really gets comfortable and confident from bell to bell, we're going to have a bona fide megastar on our hands. No doubt about it. And you had star making performances too. Rhea Ripley really yes. stood out yet again. Granted that was, you know, my pick to win. She stood out again, made it as, as the runner up uh, the matches from top to bottom, the surprises. And then we're going to talk Christian with edge later on. Just those are the cool moments that happen at the Royal rumble. And look, there's people on social media that are going to be angry that this person won and they're going to talk down on this and created a new star in Bianca Belair. She is headed to WrestleMania edge now has all these matches that he can do and all these stories that, that, that can happen. I mean, it was a really great night. And, and for me sitting here newsflash, I wasn't in the Thunderdome. It was to me, what a kickoff to WrestleMania. Like I'm ecstatic with, with how it went truthfully. I'm going to ask you about your opinion on this one. We talked about it last week, Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre. A lot of people didn't know what to make of this, what it was going to look like, what it was going to be. For my money, that's what I expected it to be, and I was totally okay with it. I thought it was going to be a little bit shorter, to be fair. The beginning of the match certainly caught me off guard uh, with you know Drew delivering the spear up front. But uh, again, and Goldberg kind of said it, and we've talked about it too with Brock Lesnar, you, you don't need a 20-minute marathon. You don't need 15 minutes. Hit it, get in, impact, hard hits, 
in and out, boom, no pun intended for the segment coming up later in the show. It just, it was what it needed to be. And it was, it was, it was what it was. It was hard hitting. It was impactful. It was Drew McIntyre putting down yet another superstar on his own personal road to WrestleMania. And to go back to the Thunderdome and just the atmosphere that it can create, I was texting with my younger brother at the beginning of the show as Goldberg was making his entrance. And I texted my brother, Sam, and said, he's still so cool because the sparks, just the energy, the feeling watching Goldberg. Yes. He's 54 years old now, but he still has that, that intensity. And there's something to be said. Maybe it's just the, the younger wrestling fan in me coming out to play, but when those drums start hitting and he's standing there in the sparks, I don't care what the internet says. I thought Goldberg was awesome. That takes you back to yesterday. There, there is one thing I wish would have been a little different at the Royal Rumble. And I will specifically talk about the women's Royal Rumble match. I wish more of the superstars from NXT would have been given a spotlight, would have been given an opportunity in that matchup. Uh, I, I don't like to say um, rinse, wash, and repeat, but you know some of the the, the uh, legends that that made an appearance it came in were were awesome to see. Victoria was cool to see come back. Mickey James making a return, but I would have liked to see maybe one or two NXT women uh, get an opportunity there because I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think the women's division in NXT is the best in the world, and I would have liked to have had a couple more women get a spotlight. I won't argue with that. I definitely agree that that's uh, potential could have added a few things, but I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a strong night, not only for the women in the women's Royal rumble match. Yes, I'm biased, but I enjoyed the hell out of Sasha Banks and Carmella. I think since Carmella's come back, she's stepped up her game. I know for a fact, she's studying harder than ever training harder than ever. Uh, I think it's starting to pay off, but I, anyone watching when, when that dive happened and Carmella went sailing through the bottom rope and I believe it's known as a scorpion. That's what my kids call it when we watch fail videos. When somebody's feet hit the back of their head, uh, it was not a good, not a good time. Oh, yeah. She landed face first, and I'm pretty sure she kicked herself in the back of the head. She was uh, a little banged up, but she's still alive. She's she's still kicking. She'll be all right. And, but, and again, uh, though, it's another match that had a great story to it. Absolutely, and you Sasha know, the, the rivalry. The, despite what I say about Sasha on, on commentary for years. In my personal opinion, Sasha Banks is the most complete female professional wrestler on earth right now. I think she can do everything. When's the last time Sasha had anything short of a really good match? She just, she has that capability. No matter who she's in the ring with, she pulls something out. Sasha is firing on a whole other level right now. And to be firing on a whole nother level, no matter who you are, what division you're in on where we're headed now to WrestleMania is right where you want to be. So hats off to everyone involved at the Royal Rumble. Really excited for what's going to happen as we move forward. And the surprise that stood out to me on the men's side of things was uh, the arrival of Damian Priest. Uh, and then he would continue to build that momentum on Monday. Priest, obviously, a dude, you know, very, very, very well from his time in NXT. Uh, what, what, what went through your mind when he finally showed up? So, you know, I've, I've got to know him as well. And to see him win the North American Championship, to enter the Royal Rumble, to oh, what happened this past week on uh, Monday Night Raw, he's a rock star, man. I mean, it's it's hard not to look at the guy and see a star. Uh, that's just, it's not me being nice or me being a company person. I mean, he's he looks the part. What you see is what you get. He acts the part. He believes he's Damian Priest. And sometimes that's <laughs> that's the best way to be. Yeah, I, I definitely it's truthful. I dig everything about his vibe as a person. I've gotten to know him, you know, fairly well. Um, 
and eliminating Kane from the rumble. That's a great moment. That's a, Hey, I'm here. I've arrived a big night on raw for priest to me this. And I don't want this to sound like it's coming the wrong way. Damian priest to me might be one of the rare cases that he succeeds even higher on raw than he did in NXT. He's a guy of his size. He's going to have more memorable matchups. Now he was such a, a monster in NXT by, by just physical standards. I think you're going to get to see a little more of what he's made of, what he's capable of and truly stand out even more rather than for his physical size, but what he can do at his size with a guy like a Braun Strowman or, or a Moss or, or whoever these, these true Titans are. I think priest is going to exceed what he did in NXT on an even higher level. Well, don't you think that's kind of the, um, the aura of NXT because in NXT great wrestling matches, right? But when you come to raw and SmackDown, it's adding that next level. Uh, right. That's what the E stands for in WWE, right? You know, the entrance, the way he walks. And I'm going to, I'm going to draw this comparison just to, for, for an example of what I mean is a guy like Elias. Elias's time in NXT to me, it, I don't remember hardly anything about it. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Just nothing stood out to me, but since showing up on raw and when he was on SmackDown, Elias really got to show what he's capable of and become a, a legitimate star in the eyes of the WWE fans, as opposed to just this niche, you know, darling, uh, because he, he does great wrestling matches. I got to agree with you. Graves for me, Damian priest, one of my highlights from the Royal rumble this past Sunday, I think the best is yet to come. There's so many highlights to pick from my personal highlight actually took place before the event even happened. But uh, I might have played the best unintentional rib in wrestling history. Oh, really? Completely accidentally. Okay. For those that watched the Royal Rumble, they might have noticed that Bailey, longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion in history, had the name Cole shaved into the back of her head. Uh, I believe it was acknowledged that it was in reference to my partner, our boss, Michael Cole, mm -hmm. uh, because they have this endless rivalry for whatever reason that began for some reason and just never went away. Uh, so Bailey <laughs> thought it would be hilarious to rib Cole by putting his name in the back of her hair, much like ravishing Rick rude used to put his opponent's face on his tights. Uh, I think that was the, the mentality. So we were in the barbershop that was at the Thunderdome um, earlier in the day. And I'm, I'm getting my hair lined up and my beard taken care of. And Bailey walks in and she starts asking about what she should put in the back of her hair. It's been a thing she's been doing recently. She actually suggested the name Cole. I go, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's going to be really funny. I think it's going to be downright hysterical. I can't wait to see his face when he realizes what you did. About three hours later, I get a text from Cole that is a photo with him and Bailey and a reminder that Cole was not calling the women's Royal Rumble match. Well, wouldn't you have so known that? I did know that, but I didn't realize it at the time. It didn't register. We had a full-blown conversation oh, man. about how hilarious it would be. And even I forgot that Cole was not going to be ringside. <laughs> so I, I encouraged Bailey to shave Michael Cole's name into the back of her head, uh, basically for no one's entertainment, but my own. Uh, and Bailey was none too thrilled with that. But uh, that was that was my little highlight. It's the little things. I think deep down you did know and you did remember. You just wanted to have a good chuckle just to yourself. I did. I chuckled after Come the on. fact. Once, once I saw her actually make her entrance into the Royal Rumble match, and it was there. Then the the, the rib was complete, but it was never a rib to begin with. I swear on my children, I, that was not my intention. When was the moment you sat there and started laughing to yourself, like, oh, oh, oh wait yeah, when, a minute, when, when when she came to the ring, 
Like I was just so busy preparing that I, I got the text and I laughed about it and it never registered. Like, oh my God, Bailey is going out there with Michael Cole's name shaved in her head that doesn't make any sense to anyone <laughs> except for she and I now um, as an attempt to rib Cole that, you know, backfired. So well, you got an exclusive right here on After the Bell. Sure do. That's what I'm here for. That's my breaking news for the week. <laughs> That's funny. I'll never trust you again now. Well, that's all right. I, it's your fault for trusting me in the first place. Uh, we still have to get to the Edge interview. The world wants yeah. to hear it. But when we come back, we're going to debut a brand new segment. Maybe it rules. Maybe it sucks. It's called In or Out. ATB will be right back. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. This is After the Bell, the greatest sports entertainment podcast in the world. I'm Corey Graves. Vic Joseph, despite my best wishes, still here. Vic, let's try a little something new for the people. All right, let's do it. This is a segment that we dreamed up. Spirit fingers. We want it to succeed, not fail. You're already risking driving this ship directly into the iceberg, Vic. You're a liability. You're a liability. Fine. You want to do this? Are you going to behave yourself? I'll behave myself. No fun police over here. That's all right. All right. Well, we have the fun police. We're going to bring him in here. He is the fun police. He is our producer. He is Alex Metz. And Alex is going to throw out some topics, random topics, regarding recent occurrences in the world known as WWE. Vic nor I have heard these questions. We don't know what the subjects are going to be. Alex is going to surprise us. We're going to react. Hopefully, it doesn't bore you to death. All right. Hi, I hope I'm not really uh, viewed as the fun police. Am I? This no, is no, no. the Graves is the no fun police. Oh, okay. is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> you're the no fun police. Alex, I have a question for you. How much conditioner do you use daily to get that hair so flowing? You know what the key is? Not washing it every day. That's disgusting. Okay, That's we can proceed. Key. All right, guys, let's kick things off. Xavier Woods goes on Raw Talk and unexpectedly calls out Reckoning from Retribution for a match. Are you in or are you out for this intergender matchup? I couldn't get any further out. I have nothing but love for Woods. I love what Woods is capable of. Uh, I personally, not a huge fan of intergender wrestling matches. I know we just had a very successful one on Friday Night SmackDown with Reginald and Sasha Banks. I feel like once in a blue moon, I'm okay with it. I don't like it, the idea of it becoming regularly occurring in WWE. Yeah, part of me, I, I, I try real hard to get in, but I also have to say out. Um, I'm very much in on Kofi and Ali. It's just not my cup of tea. I, I don't really, um, I, I don't really wish to see it. I, I'm out. I mean, Graves just said everything I would want, would have would have said. I'm I'm very far out. Sheamus betrayed his longtime friend, Drew McIntyre, and challenged him to a match for the WWE Championship on Raw this week. Are you in or out for a future matchup between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre? I'm in 100%, and I'll tell you why. Take the story that is given on television out of it. There is an adage, if you will, a, a regular occurrence in the wrestling business that when you are wrestling your best friends, 
you bring it even harder than usual. And we're talking about Sheamus here. Sheamus brings it hard all the time. You know, he's brutal in the ring. Drew has the capability of doing that. I think you're going to see these two dudes with the respect that they have for one another. I think they're going to beat the holy hell out of each other. And I'm here for it. I am so in on this. Um, not really what Graves had said. Do you remember the video game back in the day? I think it was like WWE 2K, maybe 17. And they had like the European nations where they had, you know, everyone teamed up. And I always never liked the story. I always wanted it to break up. Now I'm kind of getting it in real life. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, two of the hardest hitters. This is a caveat, by the way, because I would, I would much rather have Drew versus Edge. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But if this is the match... That's going to happen down the line. I'm very much in on this rivalry, on this story, on this match. John Cena dashes fans' hopes of a WrestleMania appearance, saying in an interview this week that his current filming schedule will not allow it. Are you in or are you out? And by that, I mean, do you buy what he's selling? Let me answer this as eloquently as I possibly can. Hell no, I don't buy it. Because it should be John Cena at WrestleMania in some capacity. There's a lot of truth to what he's saying. It makes sense. I understand it. But there's also a guy uh, who is recently, as I believe the day of the Royal Rumble last year, told everybody he's not coming back under any circumstance. Uh, Edge, yeah, the guy that just won the Royal Rumble, did the same thing, man. It's throwing people off, off the trail. I'm okay with it. I love it. If that's what John Cena is doing and playing everybody like puppets, I support it. I don't believe John Cena doesn't have any role in WrestleMania. So are you, so you're out on that then, right? Graves, do I have this correct? You're out. Yes, I am out. I believe John Cena will be there. I am in on this. I, I, believe John Cena will have something to do with WrestleMania in some form or fashion, whether it's a promo, I do not believe he will be there. Uh, I, I really do buy in to what he's saying about his schedule, what he is saying about his show. Would I love him to be there? Absolutely. Graves, you bring up great points. I mean, even Ronda Rousey, I think years ago, said she was off somewhere on like a European vacation, but then magically showed up at the Royal Rumble. I get what's going on. I don't believe he will be there. So I am in on John Cena saying he will not be at WrestleMania this year. And finally, guys, Lana and Naomi unexpectedly became a tag team after the Royal Rumble and became the number one contenders to the Women's Tag Team Championships after a big victory on Raw. Are you in or are you out with this new team? Couldn't be any further out. And I don't mean this is disrespect to any of the women on Raw or SmackDown that compete for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I feel like the lack of legitimate tag teams is what's killing that division. You have people that show up randomly and oh, they want to match. Now they're a team. I mean, you've got, you've got Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are about the closest thing to a legitimate team. You've got Nia and Shayna have kind of grown into that role, uh, but it's just been a, a bunch of mashups of two random people competing for the championships. And I feel like it just has never really allowed that division to shine and become a focus. Like I know it's capable of just like the men's tag team championships, they should be viewed on that same ground, but I find it hard to believe that it's going to achieve those heights until you have more legitimate teams holding the championships. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with the women's Dusty Rhodes tag team classic and what will come out uh, as the winning team in the women's Dusty cup and you know, those titles are defended on raw SmackDown and could be defended on NXT. I'm in though on this with Naomi and Lana. I have counted out Lana 
many times in the past. I have I have seen her and go, oh, there's no way. She just eliminated Nia Jax in the Royal Rumble, had a nice showing with Naomi. Maybe this is the team that can come together. They're both entertaining. They both can um, work off and feed off of each other. Lana does have a lot of a score to settle with the two women that are in the ring that currently hold the title. So I am in on them being the next uh, contenders and the next in line for the championship. Um, But Graves, I also do agree with you a little bit with what you had said with that being said, though, I am in on Naomi and Lana. Right. My, my point of view, my answer had less to do with who the participants are. It was more of an overarching theme. And for what it's worth, I honestly think Lana, prior to her missing some time with injury, finally started to click. It looked like she was getting a little more confident, a little more comfortable in the ring. We know she can talk. We know she can be entertaining. Uh, I'm definitely curious. And Naomi, man, she there's nothing she can't do. Uh, so, I, again, they, they are perfectly worthy challengers to the title just for my my money and my opinion my fandom i would love to see more legitimate full-time tag teams really competing but you take a look at the what the women's division and the tag team division was i mean you you think of uh mandy and sonia you think of the squad you think of the iconics um there were teams in the past for, for whatever reason they're not there anymore but um when lana and naomi get that opportunity hats off ladies hopefully put gold around your waist There you have it. In or out, the very first ever edition. Let us know if you love it. Use the hashtag after the bell. Tag us on social media. Keep in or out or uh, are you out? Are you in or are you out? The question is yours. Vic, it's finally time. We have have verbally entertained ourselves for long enough. It is time for the masses to get what it is that they want, what they have been waiting for. Are you ready? I'm very ready. I'm, I'm very excited for this interview. Let's welcome to After the Bell, the winner of the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match, WWE Hall of Famer, Edge. All right, man, first things first. 58 minutes Sunday night at the Royal Rumble, a match with Randy Orton, various other appearances on Monday Night Raw. You finally have a moment to catch your breath. How do you feel? Oh, <laughs> uh, the honest answer? Yes. <laughs> I, I feel... Um, like I had no protection in a hurricane. (laughs) Like I was out (laughs) with nothing around me in, in the middle of, okay, maybe a tornado. So I'm in the middle of like a Missouri field and here comes a tornado and it picks me up and it doesn't take me to Oz. It just tosses me around for about... How long did I rest last night? 20 minutes and then 58 minutes. So for about 78 minutes, that's, I feel like I was stuck in a tornado for 78 minutes. Yeah, I'm just picturing the movie Twister. And instead of seeing the cow, you just see an edge just flying like just <laughs> all the way around. And Why circle, just going, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> So is this is the culmination of what I think would you would agree is one of the wildest years, definitely of your career, but if not your life. I mean, one year ago, the whole world's buzzing because Edge shockingly returns at the Royal Rumble. Last time we talked on this show, you had just come out of WrestleMania with Randy Orton. You then would go on to have the greatest wrestling match in the history of the universe. And then everything got turned upside down. <laughs> Walk me through the last... Eight months of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I still like pinch myself or it's been this continuous like year long pinch and I'm waiting to wake up. Um, 
it, it's been kind of insane more than kind of, it's just been insane. And um, from the rumble last year to getting cleared to do this again, something that I was told was off the, the deck, like that's done. That is over. I had to wrap my mind around that. I moved into acting. I fell in love with that, but my first love is this. So when I started making inquiries about doing this again, and then I realized it was a possibility. Well, that's, I got to go back to my first love and, and it's what I feel like I do best too. And, and seeing this roster and everything. So all of that's very exciting. So I come back to the rumble, hoping that I have what I think I have left. Felt pretty good in there. And then there's mania and then there's backlash and I'm like, okay, I, I can still operate at a level that I don't feel like I'm embarrassing myself. And hopefully I can tell more nuanced stories and depend on my brain more than my body. And hopefully my body will hold up enough to get me through to tell these stories and try and maybe help some talent along the way. So backlash happens. And I was like, Oh, I think I tore my tricep. And, um, Sure enough, I did. And, and then I, I got the surgery and I just never stopped working. Um, the only positive about having a, a tricep injury is that I could till, still train the rest of my body. So I maintained my cardio. I trained the left half of my body and I just continued to work. And then once I got the clearance to be able to work with the right arm again, slowly but surely, once I broke through the kind of purgatory of three to four months where, where you're just kind of stagnant and you're not moving one way or the other, it kicked in. And I really got to be able to do what I needed to do to get back. Now, I didn't have plans that it would be the rumble or could it be the rumble or any of those things. I just want to be at a place where I don't have to get ready. I am ready. And that's what I need to try and maintain for however long I'm around. And uh, so when I got word that they wanted me in the rumble this year, I was ready. And, um, then it became what it became right. <laughs> and, um, that to me was just, um, I don't know. I, if you had told me all of this would be happening, I'd say you're crazy and, and it's ridiculous. And to have, to have Christian come back, I almost said Jay, to have Christian come back. It's a movie script that you'd say, nah too cheesy because things can't go that good right but coming back from a career ending injury which that defied all logic and odds when you found out you hurt your tricep was there ever a moment of doubt like maybe i'm not where i need to be or was it easier to recover this time because you were already in that mindset i i knew i could and and also so how it happened i i can't play games like that i just need to come back and work and work with what i know and you mentioned it for, for a second, the moment in the match when Christian returned. I was ringside. I was in the locker room with you guys all day, and I had no idea what was going down. So when he comes out, there was a legitimate, like, oh, my God, just, just the friendship that I have with him, which is nowhere near the level that you do. Just, like, I, I, I genuinely felt like the emotion. I, I pretty much clammed up for about the first 30 seconds because I was like, wait a minute. Is he, it, wait, this is really happening. Oh my, happening. and I knew what, what it meant to him. And there was a camera shot of you where you kind of glanced up, like, is this happening? And man, it, it, you talk about the moments that are real. I was feeling that for you guys. What was going through your mind when it's actually happening? You know, it, it's, that's the stuff you can't try and map out. That's the stuff that you can't script. That's the stuff when wrestling works at its best level, 
is when there's reality involved, when there's truth involved. If there's if there's truth, the audience can see it because it's right here and and down here. And I just had to take a moment. I didn't know I was on camera. I wanted to be out of the way for him. So I was out of the way, but I also wanted to see it. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to experience it and, and, and be able to soak that in because I was just so happy for him that, and also dumbfounded because this was actually happening. You right. know, the, the fact that we're both in here a year after me returning and here he comes and we're going to be in the rumble together in 2021. How is this happening? And so that look on my face is, is, is proud. It's, it's happy. It's, it's ecstatic. You know, it's, it's all of it, the emotions and uh, it just, um, it was real. It, it was real. It was awesome to sit back and, and to sit and watch that moment as a fan. And then to this Corey said, to see your face, you're looking up and you're like, huh. and then you went like, put your head back down. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And like, that's what the Royal rumble is about. That's what, you know, this is about. It's about those small moments in, in a little bit of time that, that make it such a bigger picture and make it like so wonderful to watch as a fan. So it was really cool to sit back and, and see that moment. Um, you know, come out, but I do want to switch gears for a second because you brought up Christian. I think edging Christian, I think theme music. I think the love of music that you, Corey and myself, we all have. I was sitting the other day thinking to myself, you know, when it comes to edge, one thing is the themes you always have had have been great from the brood entrance to you think, you know, me to what you have now, how is the evolution of your themes? You know, how have you played a part in that? What have they meant to you? Uh, I'm very hands-on with that stuff, you know, with, with the gear, with the, the, the presentation of the package with my t-shirts, I'm really hands-on with that stuff because I love drawing. I love art, but I, I love the arts period. Music has been my muse on the road throughout. It, it's, if you see me, I either got a book in my hand or I I'm listening to music. Those are my things. Um, it, it's got me through so many flights and drives and, and, you know, roads up and down. So I need to be involved in that music because I got to feel it. You know, when I come out through that curtain, it needs to get me jumping. Um, because there's Michael Hayes that told me the more you give the audience on, on your entrance, the more you're going to get back. And I took that to heart. It, it really sunk in and, but it really I was able to do that when I got Alter Bridge, when I got Metalingus. Mm-hmm. That music really just, it hits me right in the heart. And, and the lyrics and the message, and it, it's almost like it was written for what I feel. And mm-hmm. um, so I've always been very, very, very hands-on with that. And once I got that, I knew that's it this is where it stops. Like my journey trying to find that perfect music ends here. I loved having Rob Zombie. I loved, you know, the brood music, but once I got Metalingus, I knew, cause that means, man, I come flying out, go side to side. I do my thing. Like I'm feeling all of that and, and taking Michael's message to heart. I try to whoa, throw all that energy out. And, and usually it comes right back. So it's this nice symbiotic relationship. 
I know last time we were on the show, you talked about how you, you've learned to draw inspiration from television or cinema. But this past Sunday, uh, you and I were, were chatting about how you've looked at different periods or, or stories throughout your career with particular movie inspiration. Talk to me a little bit more about some of that. What, what are you feeling recently? What is the current inspiration for what we're seeing in front of the camera? I mean, I, I'm not I'm not kidding anybody. I'm leaning into it. I'm 47 years old, you know, and this is a different incarnation of edge. And, and it might be one that it takes people a little time to get used to, but it's, it is where I'm at in life. So to me, when I think about that, I think about movies like Rocky Balboa, where Rocky, you know, gets in there with Mason Dixon and he's, he's just trying to, to get the, stuff out of the basement you know sure. out of the system kind of thing and so i really related to that and last year before the rumble i watched it and i was in tears because there were monologues within that script that i'd had that same conversation to myself and so it just i was like this is this is where i'm at i gotta pull from this because if it's affecting me this way that means i i can use this in, in presenting this version of Edge, which, to be perfectly honest, is basically just Adam this time around. Logan is, is another one that I, I thought, okay, you know, this is, he, again, Logan, it's Wolverine, kind of in that last. Right, right. When you mentioned that the go. other day, I went, that's what sparked this conversation. I was like, oh, i got to ask him more about this, but Logan was a great yeah. one. And, and it's, it's just, I, I can relate to it so much where I'm at in life. And it just feels like those, those flawed characters, they're, they're real, you know, they're not trying to present something that they're not, you know, I, I don't use just for men. I just am what I am. And, you know, it might be strange for some people that, that want to see edge at 22, but edge is not 22 anymore. Adam is 47. <laughs> Have you had any sort of reaction, positive or negative, from that perspective? People that expect the the twenty two year old edge or the edge that we all knew and love, or, or is it all pretty positive? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. All I can control is trying to be in the best shape I can possibly be in, you know, and 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 bust my ass in the gym so that at least I can look the part, move the part, feel the part. And, and that's all I can control. I can't control people's opinions. I can't control if people have ageism issues. I can't, you know, I, I can't do any of that. What I want to do is come back and tell a hell of a story and tell it with multiple dance partners. And if some of those dance partners can take some something from it, that's my goal. Like, I want to get in there with, with some guys like Cesaro and just really the only way you can fully, you can talk about stuff in the back, you can talk about stuff, but until you're in there and in the pocket and in the zone together, that's where you can try and impart some, some proper knowledge. And um, so there's the, the Matt Riddles and all of these guys. That's really exciting to me. And that was part of the reason I wanted to come back was a whole new generation of talent. Somehow I've been able to get through four decades with a break in there and have laid hands on Ric Flair and Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk and The Undertaker and Rick Martell and Bad News Brown and Shawn Michaels and all of these talents throughout the years. And if 
I can do what those guys did for me for a new generation of talent. That's part of the reason I wanted to come back. It's funny, Graves, because when you, you mention, um, you know, what have you heard? You, you always see the negativity. There's always negativity on social media, no matter what what you're doing. But I sit back and I think, one, serendipity. And obviously, as you know, where I'm coming through with serendipity, my friend, with having to control the things around you and being able to move forward. I thought, man, what matches could we see? And I'm thinking, wow. I remember last year's Royal Rumble and again this year, you spearing AJ Styles. So I'm thinking, wow, Edge and AJ Styles. Now I'm thinking I'm in NXT with um, Beth. Wow, Edge and Adam Cole, Edge and Johnny Gargano, Edge and Daniel Bryan, Edge and Seth Rollins. And now my mind's just going all over the place, wondering about all these possibilities of you coming back when you talk about the generation that and the four decades of, of work you've done. Those talents are looking going, man, I just want to get my hands on Edge now. You know, let's see, can, can I go with Edge? It, it's very cool to me sitting back as a fan to, to watch that. Well, for me, I just want it to be that if a talent sees on the sheet versus Edge that they're excited and not like, oh, this is going to be difficult. I don't want to get to that stage. I'll be gone before that happens, hopefully, in a perfect <laughs> world. You know, I... I, I I really, I want to come back and just try and tell some great stories. And again, if I can impart some kind of wisdom or some kind of experience from doing this for 29 years, then then that's part of the goal. Uh, I want to leave this better than when I came into it. Um, and and if that can happen, and if that can happen by just brushing up with a guy like Damian Priest and, and you know, giving them the tip of the hat or, um, you know, and but yeah, Finn Balor. Oh man, the, the the level that that dude's operating on, I'd love to get in there with him. You know, there's just so many different people and I could tell such a different story with every one of them, you know, and that's even with like the Royal Rumble and having the title shot. I look, it's an embarrassment of riches because I look at the champions and I'm like, oh my God, oh, what I could tell with Drew, oh, what I could tell with Balor, oh, what I could tell with Reigns, you know, it's, it's really exciting. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. I want to go back to some of the influence you talked about when it comes to music and movies, because I don't know if I had a dream that this happened or you actually told me this. The stars on your gear that you created, where was the inspiration for the stars that are, are, are about Edge. So in my mind, Edge was a rock star. And so basically in Edge's mind, he was a rock star. And that was always the mentality. And, and one of the things I drew on, especially through the Rated R Superstar era is, okay, kind of like the Guns N' Roses, that really sleazy, slimy, like coming out of the gutters type of character. You know, there's no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> Um, and the, the, but the stars were, you know, I, I, it was Paul Stanley and it just, it, it was part of the package, you know, you, you just made Vic's day because that was I what had, he was hoping for a sharp intake of breath, like, well, and a little sigh. I really thought maybe I was so drunk one time that maybe you told me that sort of, I just dreamt it no. up because I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure he told me this once. I just well, wanted to make see. sure that I wasn't out of it. And I see the lunchbox and I see Ace up there. I, I know, we know, we know. But <laughs> we know, we've had our conversation. So this conversation did happen. I'm not crazy. Thank you. It happened. It's on record but, now. 
I was Ooh. that three-year-old kid who was painted up as Paul Stanley and running around in a powder blue Kiss Destroyer t-shirt with the old decal that's ironed on with a red and white plastic strap. Like, that's the kid I was. I was a little weird. So go figure. I'm now a wrestler. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> Kiss is the greatest. Vic's favorite is Vinnie Vincent. So, I mean, that explains a lot. It is not Vinnie Vincent. Don't start those rumors. It's Ace Fraley. He's right there properly displayed. I can't get my thumb to work properly because you really just threw me off with the Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, you, yeah. that's this blasphemy. While yeah. talented, Ace is the guy. The, 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 the flaws in his playing are perfect the 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 grease and the grime and the the blues it's it's ace sorry it's excellent don't don't give me tommy thayer don't give me vinnie vincent i want to smack you through the screen great oh the podcast they're all talented great bruce kulik yeah great guy awesome not the original four get out of here (laughs) however i would take eric carr over peter chris wow eric Carr is awesome eric carr is awesome i I would take eric carr over but then you don't get hard luck woman I understand. I just, there's a thing. I, I don't get it. Maybe it's because I didn't get to see Eric Carr. I've seen Peter Chris. Eric Singer's from Cleveland, but uh, it's I, Cleveland I think thing. I would take That's Eric Carr. Truth of it right it's there. always comes back to a Cleveland thing with me, yes. Of course, but you also know, you don't get Beth, and then I can't sing that to Beth when I go on the road and really I've is. heard stories about That's that. True. Yep, I've heard That's them. True. Yeah, that, 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 it, it, it amazes <laughs> Beth, me that. I hear you call You call in. Yeah, it's great. Stop. <laughs> But you actually, true or false, you actually got one of your daughters to believe you wrote that song or that song was written? No. So here's the deal. Like (laughs) every time I get in the truck to take the girls anywhere, there's a request for three songs. There is a request for Lyric by Zwan, a Billy Corgan song. Okay, Billy Corgan, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, There's a request for Ruby by the Glorious Sons, a great Canadian band. And Beth. By Kiss, but they think it's me singing it. <laughs> they assume that I sung that song for their mom, so they think I have this raspy kind of whiskey soaked, like bleh, bleh, like I'm Peter Chris, and I can't say that I have told them they're wrong. Right? <laughs> Why would you? Why would? Why you? would you let Why? facts get in the way of a good story? Like, right. let them believe. Go back. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that. You hear the soul in my voice? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> it's. Uh, do you remember? Uh, do you remember the first time we met? Because I kind of told Graves, but I didn't tell him the whole story yet. Tommy Dreamer, you can blame for a lot of things. A lot of things. Yep. <laughs> it has to do with uh, myself, and I'm I'm a nervous wreck because you know Edge of this time, it, he's still one of my all time favorites. I never met the guy. Tommy goes, get in the car. You're coming with me to the airport. Cool. Get in the car. Then we pick up Rick Steiner. Then Edge decides, I'm not going to sit in the front. I'll sit in the back. So he's sitting next to me, and I'm just sitting there like, I got to pee, well, so you, you know pee so bad. I got to pee so bad. Well, and and. It's Rick Steiner. He's been doing this a lot longer than me. <laughs> yeah. So I don't care how yeah. long I've been doing it. He gets the front seat. I, I love that. I love that. And, I'm going to take a side note. Vic, I'll get back to your story. The fact that you brought that forward, coming from you, got to hold some water. Because I feel like it's a lost, I don't want to say art. It's definitely a lost aspect of the business. And I think the business has changed for the better in that you don't have to shake everybody's hand and kiss everybody's ass constantly Mm -hmm. but there has got to be respect for tenure and just accomplishment and i I, this past sunday not to put myself on that same pedestal but i spent a lot of time here i spent a lot of i've been here for a lot of years know a lot of the guys i'm sitting in the locker room 
in my same spot I sit in every week. But this week, it's the Royal Rumble, man. There's a lot of faces that aren't ordinarily there. But you're in there. Christian's in there. Rey Mysterio, MVP. And even though nobody took me up on it, I asked every single person, hey, do you need this locker? Do you want this? Does this Mm -hmm. – not because – I'm in awe of them just out of respect for, like you said about Rick Steiner, they've been doing it a long time, a lot longer than I have. And, and just that gesture I feel like is, is missing these days. Yeah. I don't know. That's important to me. You know, the Steiners were one of my favorite tag teams growing up and, and I love the way Rick Steiner always threw a clothesline. And they, like, I remember mimicking, trying to mimic that on a pillow, like I could throw <laughs> a Rick Steiner clothesline and pop it the way he does. And so uh, yeah, I'm sitting in the back. Rick, hop on. You know, like there's no. And question. he didn't want to. He he's like, in in to your point, uh, Graves. Rick was like, no, you're a Hall of Famer. You sit in the front seat. And Edge goes, no, you get in the front seat. And Rick just was like, okay, you are the Hall of Famer. And he like <laughs> took the front seat and sat down. And I was sitting back there like, this is life right now. Like this is happening. And then we get to Dunkin' Donuts. And now this is how it gets back to Rick Steiner. I go to the bathroom (laughs) and I come out and we're in Dunkin' Donuts. And Rick goes, oh, I got to go too. And I hear, and I turn around. He bag tagged, I guess is the way to do it. Dreamer, dropped Dreamer to his knees and then ran (laughs) into the bathroom in Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? You know, Edge is laughing. Dreamer's in pain. I'm laughing at Dreamer. Toilet flushes. Rick comes out. Edge walks in. Tommy goes, get the coffee. He's yelling at me now because he's mad. I get the coffee and the donuts. We get in the car. Edge walks in. He's laughing. And I go, oh, what did I do? Like, I'm thinking I got a cream on my face. He goes, uh, Rick, do you have a problem in the bathroom? And I was like, what? And I'm like, oh, what happened? And he goes, uh, and Rick goes, what do you mean, brother? And and <laughs> and uh, Edge goes, well, the water was running, overflowing in the sink. The plunger was in the toilet, and there was toilet paper all over that. Mind you, this is a single bathroom. There's only one toilet in it. And I'm like, what's going on? And Rick goes, something to the effect of like, oh, yeah, plumbing was bad. And we just get off, and we drive, and we leave. And I'm sitting there going, what in the hell just happened? <laughs> and now we have a cool story. And that was the first time I met Edge. And here <laughs> and, we are. And, and to backtrack when someone gets bag tagged loud enough that it sounds like a chop when it's audible that's a problem oh there were two by the way i forgot there was a second one because when you went back into the bathroom dreamer was standing and he got dropped again for a second time and and by the way rick steiner like runs schools now yeah Yeah. (laughs) when anytime that there's damage inflicted to tommy dreamer i'm a happy man and uh will make me laugh of course, because it's Tommy. And, oh my God. Oh my God. Tommy, Tommy. Like that, that just, you are dead happy. to me. Click the phone. Me. But then I went in and that bathroom, it was, it was like <laughs> a crime scene. I was like, okay, I don't know what is happening right now, but I'm going to go get back in that car. I've, en- I've, I've encountered bathrooms like that. We all have. And the first thought that goes through mind is what kind of animal does this to a public restroom? Now I have my answer and he could kick my ass. I'm not going to yeah. tell Rick Steiner any different. So go I'll ahead. Rick. What kind of animal? A dog face gremlin. There you go. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Full circle. I was, la- I still laugh about that every now and again, when I walk into a single bathroom, where does that is the sound? I just sound like, I wonder who destroyed this thing. Was Steiner here? Like it was great. That was my oh. first experience. Oh my God. Take a deep breath here. I know you're probably forbidden from shedding any light on the subject, but it's the obvious answer that the obvious answer that everybody wants to the question that I'm not going to ask who are you going to face at WrestleMania? So just on 
face value, real quick, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and to Vic's credit, Vic threw Finn Balor in the mix because last year, Charlotte Flair won the Women's Royal Rumble, challenged an NXT champion. That's still technically on your buffet of options. Break some of these down for me. What would you like most and why? And I go back to that comment an embarrassment of riches because I look at all three of those talent and I love what they're doing. And I love the level they're on and the, and the cylinders that they're firing on all in different ways, completely different ways. So I, I look at a Drew McIntyre and I look at the type of story. It's about respect. It's about taking a similar road. It's about the fact that when I was world champion, Drew was trying to find his way. And I tried to help him through some of those times and leaving and coming back and fighting through all of these things and, and respecting the man that he's become. So there's that story. Then there's a guy like Balor who I've never laid hands on, never been in the same place at the same time. And I see what he's doing in the ring and the way he's wrestling and the things that he's making everything earned and, and you got to fight to get it in terms of a match that's extremely appealing because that's the kind of wrestling I want to do. I want to go back to Nick Bockwinkle and Terry Funk in all Japan with a modern twist. Sure. And he's a guy that is doing that. And I told him that after uh takeover in Portland against Gargano, I was like that right there, dude, that's the template. That's the guy that I knew was in there, but that's the guy. And, and I just, each time I see him, it's ever more prevalent. And then I look at Reigns and I truly look at this generational thing. You know, this guy who is finally, I think, allowed to be what he is. The handcuffs are off. Everyone realized we need to just let him do what he can do. He is like Randy and that when you get those those second, third generation talents, they do things that they don't even know. It's just instinctual because it's in their DNA. They don't have to think about it. I got to think about it. You know, I got to, okay, all right, all right, all right. Maybe if my kids ever decide to, they won't have to think about it. It'll just happen. But I see Reigns and I see the layers with Heyman and this, you know, just what they're doing. And it's just such a great character that I think has so much real in it. That's exciting to me. Then you, if you start looking into the parallels of, okay, used to come through the crowd. He came in in the shield, a three-man group, uses the spear, very similar heads, big heads. <laughs> um, could, you, could you be the one, could you be like the Highlander equivalent that can actually headbutt a Samoan and not fall down? That's a good point. It would be interesting to see. Because I, you've everybody... been throwing some serious headbutts lately. But that's well, the rule. That's the adage. Come on, you can't yeah. headbutt a Samoan. <laughs> I don't know, because that's a, that's a tall task to take on. But I will say, and you ask anybody, if I headbutt you, it doesn't end up well for you. <laughs> okay. Elaborate. <laughs> you, you can go back. There's a battle royal uh, on Raw, right? Okay. And Batista and I are on opposite sides. And all I hear is spear. So I just start running. Oh. So did he. <laughs> oh, no. And we met in the middle. Boom. And I went, oh, that was a good one. I look, Dave has blood everywhere. <laughs> and I'm I'm standing there. All right, that was that was a pretty good one. And then off and run it. Yeah. Wide open. 
we just head to head. Caveman skull, man. <laughs> it, 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 it's Cro-Magnon. It really is. Like I had Buck Randy at Backlash. And went, wow. Ooh, all right. And I looked and. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. It's, this forehead is huge. I got a five head. You can rent space on this thing. Um, and it's not because I have a receding hairline. I just got big forehead. So uh, I don't know. It, it'd be, that'd be an interesting test. We just stand in the middle and start headbutting each other and see who goes down first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a mosh pit. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Finn Balor, you mentioned NXT, and we've talked about uh, your wife, Beth Phoenix. Do you watch wrestling differently when you were watching NXT because of Beth and the role she has on commentary next to me and Wade Barrett? And do you do you kind of give her pointers on maybe what sh- maybe she should see something or, or elaborate on something that happened in her career? Do you ever give her any advice when it comes to that? I don't because I know how difficult commentary is and I know that I would not be good at it. <laughs> so I like I've done commentary before, but I did it as a talent when part right. of your job is to put yourself over, put your opponent over, but you can talk about yourself and put yourself over. That's part of the gig when you're a talent doing commentary. So as a kind of just when you're Switzerland and you have to just talk about the product, that to me is very difficult. You know, I don't know if I could do that. The only thing I've ever said to her is, you bring something to the table that is entirely different. You are a, a female Hall of Famer. You have experienced things and been through things that even a male talent has never been through. So you can speak to far different aspects of this industry than almost anyone else. That's your strength. Rely on that. And, and that's the only kind of thing that I could ever impart because I couldn't do what she's doing. Like I would go to our warehouse space where we have the ring and she was set up for the remote broadcasting. And, and it was like Oracle from Batman. She's got screens here, open here, everything's running and she's flying all over and she's sending texts. Meanwhile, she's commentating with you guys. And I just went, this is impossible. How is this happening? Like, how are you doing this? <laughs> like, And then there's a bit of a delay. And we talked about it, Corey, when there's that little bit of delay, the difficulty that that adds not only for her, but for you guys. And it just kind of blew my mind. So I am not the person to give her advice, except to kind of reinforce to her that you're damn good at wrestling and you know what it's like to have a hammer lock on and what points that that targets, et cetera. And um, that that's pretty much it but when she started coming back down and sitting with you and wade i could feel and hear the comfort of being there with you guys and what i love about you guys and your team is that you prop each other up you don't take away from each other or you you aren't in it for yourself you truly are a broadcasting team and you can hear that and feel that in how you toss to each other by setting each other up and and that to me I would think just makes the job a whole lot easier. Definitely. Uh, I appreciate that. I need a clip of that so that I can have it as my own personal ringtone because, you know, <laughs> I just got a compliment. <laughs> well, well, no, you, I, I've dealt with Corey long enough. I don't get compliments all the time, Edge. So it's, it's, it, is what it, is, it is what it is at this point. Uh, but it's true. I, I really enjoy uh, your guys' team. I love even just the different tones. You know, everybody just sounds distinct. And... And um, you got the quintessential it, it, British gentleman there now with Wade. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah. use the name gentleman to throw that one around. 
who looks like he's a pugilist in a back alley Liverpool, you know, like, <laughs> like nose kind of the side, yeah. but yet this you know, nice suit and everything. And then you have Beth obviously sounds different. And then you holding it all down. It's a, it's a really good, good dynamic. It's fun to, to listen to. Oh, we I I do appreciate that. And we like to have fun too. Like poppers when Beth came back, she had no yes. idea we were going to do that. We just pulled those poppers out. And went, I, I was I trying to scare was like, her actually. So I'm lucky. You're lucky you didn't catch an elbow because <laughs> I, I know she like looked at me. I was like, oh no. I was like, well, if it happens, because I'm not gonna lie, I've caught elbows in the middle of the night, like where I'm just like, oh my god, what just happened? And she's, I think she's kicking out in her dream. Honestly, is what yeah, I maybe think yeah happened. possible That's and, possible. Uh, yeah, and I, I've eaten a, a you know a Beth Phoenix shiver or two. <laughs> yeah, I was. It crossed my mind because uh, you know Triple H said before, just don't hit her in the eye. But if she happens to hit you, eh. and I was like, oh great, thanks, appreciate that, appreciate the advice, appreciate the help. Before I let you go, Edge, we got to talk about the highlight of your day on Sunday, which most people might assume was winning the Royal Rumble match, but. A few of us were privy to seeing you earlier in the day where I saw you smile unlike I've ever seen before. You've been dieting extremely hard, getting yourself back in shape, ready for the Royal Rumble match. What brought that smile to your face? Cookies. <laughs> cookies? <laughs> oh, cookies. It was the all elation. The elation on his face the could not be ecstasy. matched. <laughs> like you could, you could, you, the dopamine, the, the endorphins, <laughs> It was all like, it was just flowing out of my body. I went and raided catering. I took about six bags of cookies, put, there was like two or three in each bag, put them all into one bag, like Santa's sack. And I just, <laughs> I, I had Santa's sack of cookies and I was like, I am going to devour these and push these into my face so hard after this Royal Rumble is over. And it's probably going to be at two in the morning. So Here's what it, what actually happened. I'm staying at Christian's, right? I drove down here, crashing in his place. Feel like we're you know back in college, except a lot slower. And we get back here, like yeah, we need to have a shot of whiskey because this happened. This was an insane night, and here we are giggling like two idiots and having a little shot of whiskey. And I crushed those cookies. <laughs> And two o'clock in the morning became five o'clock in the morning. And I'm still crushing cookies thinking <laughs> I don't got a match. Got a promo. No big deal. You know, I can, I can take the day off. I deserve this. And then, so I go to bed at five. I woke up at eight sore going, Oh, I've got with a Charlie horse going, Oh, oh okay. I'm trying to work it out. Like, okay. All right. It's cool. Three hours sleep. Got it. I got a promo. Yeah. And then, Surprise! <laughs> you and Randy, last time ever. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just like, what? what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> there it was. With, with 48 cookies in my belly. <laughs> that, that, that should have been the caveat. We should have promoted that. Edge versus Randy Orton with Edge has 48 cookies in his belly. That adds a whole new layer <laughs> to, to the match. If we can overcome that. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate you hanging out. I'm going to let you go relax to the best of your ability for a while. The whole world is awaiting the big decision. Uh, hopefully, make it sooner than later, okay? Because I don't like the suspense. Ah, see? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm spoiled like the wrestling fans now. <laughs> Damn entitled. 
entitled kids <laughs> looking at me shaking my fist like, like get off my lawn Walter Matthau and grumpy old men <laughs> all right man well good luck to you be ready I'll see you very very soon yeah thanks guys appreciate it well, that was fun. We could have done that all day long. That's what happens anytime I chat with him, with Christian. It just becomes like dudes being dudes. Honestly, though, I'm very glad we didn't talk about what we listened to in the car when we traveled together as he started talking about, you know, listening to music. Do you think Edge would have ever been embarrassed to travel with me in terms of my music selection? Without a shadow of a doubt, because while you do have an impressive knowledge of things like Kiss, mm-hmm. uh, your your usual selections not exactly in uh, what we would consider our wheelhouse. Well, wait a minute, because smooth up in you, bullet boys? I believe the preferred nomenclature is smooth up in ya. Uh, with a up in ya? Don't be, don't be bringing your proper grammar. Okay, whatever. Rock and roll, Vic. Bullet boys is a good one, right? Sure is. You showed me that, as a matter of fact, so kudos to you. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth? Meatloaf? Meatloaf? Come on. Those, those are one of those. Ra- okay, thank yeah. you. Kiss, I was made for loving you. Listen, you're you're just picking the the highlights, the good choices that you make because they're peppered in sporadically amongst a bunch of bubblegum pop and late '90s nonsense. I mean, call me maybe with Carter Ray Jepsen. Do you have, this is a joke. Do you have note cards? Yeah, I have them written down, so I remember what the songs were, and it's written in pretty pink lettering. So, I uh, guys, you can see that. So, yeah, Carly Ray Jepsen and anything off of any of her albums is is gold. Roses, Run Away With Me, Tug of War, Tiny Little Bows. I mean, I can go on and on. Sync, absolutely anything. You know Sync songs. No man in their mid-30s can sit here and talk to me, listen to this podcast, tweet me, get on Instagram, and tell me they do not know the words to an Sync song. It's virtually impossible. I'll give you that. I know I know plenty of Sync lyrics. I mean, I, okay. I, I, I snuck digital get down into commentary on Joy 205 Live music. I saw Sync uh, Live. I wanted to bring that up. I owed him life. a steak dinner for that. Do you know what else I saw live? So you agree that NSYNC is good stuff? No, I said I know NSYNC. I'm familiar. So you enjoy listening to them to go see them in concert. Thank you, point proven, I win. What I did enjoy, and this is going to shock you, this might even knock you out of your little office chair, Vic. Do you know what I enjoyed the hell out of this week? And this goes against everything in my being from a wrestling perspective, from a music perspective, from an entertainment perspective. I freaking loved Bad Bunny. Oh, not where I thought you were going. To be fair, I, look, I'm not a big bunny or a bad bunny fan. Oh, big as, bunny, as, okay. I, I love big bunny and bad bunny. <laughs> <laughs> bad bunny to me was awesome. I I understand fans when they get upset when we bring in random celebrities and music stars just for the sake of having them. Bad bunny is legitimately one of, if not the biggest stars in music right now around the globe. I understand maybe not in the United States quite to the, to the level he is around the world, but the dude is a mega star. And the fact that he willingly came to the Royal rumble, which I say that without knowing him or any of his people, bad bunny, a dude that popular, a dude that successful, isn't going to come to WWE and do anything. If he doesn't want to. It's true. Cause I know we're not kicking out millions and millions of dollars just for bad bunny to show up. That dude wanted to be here, perform Booker T with Booker T, which was just fun mainly because I got a huge kick out of Booker standing stoically and not moving for four and a half minutes. And then even the stuff on raw, you, you got bad bunny rubbing elbows with Miz and Morrison. You saw him jump off the, off the t- ropes and then having him introduce Damian priest, it adds star power to Damian and what he's about. I thought as far as celebrity involvements go in WWE, and there have been a billion of them, and a lot of them have sucked. 
I wouldn't put Bad Bunny in that conversation. I like what he did. He didn't take over the show. He added to the show. And I thought that was really, really cool. Isn't that the the point, though, that kind of takes a celebrity appearance to the next level when you always have a feeling when you're watching the show, like, okay, they're here to promote what? Right. What are they going to promote this week? Summerfest. Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy Piven. You broke me with that. (laughs) <laughs> I had to re- recompose myself, you, you know, so you have those moments, but yeah, he, he was in it. And to see Booker T and to have that relationship with Booker, where, you know, him, to stand there and be angry. And then that backstage interaction, something that made me laugh about bad bunny that he had no interaction with was our truth on the pre-show yeah. of the Royal rumble with Booker Hunting T looking him. for bugs bunny. Yeah. And he was dressed as Elmer Fudd. I mean, it was, it hit a home run on all cylinders. I'm excited to see what happens next because we talked about Damian priest We've seen, I almost called him Bugs Bunny. We've seen Bad Bunny, you know, mix it up a little bit. I'm not against Damian Priest and Bad Bunny forming some sort of alliance here down the road. I'm cool with it once. Oh, yeah. You only need it it once, but I'd like to see them do something one time, see you later, you know, know, thanks. So, yeah, that was a very unusual hit a home run across the board. You know what, Vic? The world now knows what you and I think Let's find out what the world thinks. Let's make this the after the bell question of the week. Who was your favorite celebrity WWE involvement? Use the hashtag after the bell. Tag us at after the bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow me at WWE Graves and Vic at Vic Joseph WWE using Apple Podcasts. Throw us five stars, please. My ego requires all five, but now I have to split them with Vic, so you know, two and a half a piece. If you're using an Android, ATBs on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, so make sure you never miss an episode. Keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network at WWE Podcasts. And I will be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol. What about me? Maybe more Vic Joseph. Well, hey, definitely. What? Hey, I just met you, and this may be crazy. Here's my number. Call me, maybe. I will be back next week with more ATB. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now get a skill get a job get ahead you can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash g3